Welcome to After Dark with Mark. I'm back, my friends. Uh, I am so, so, so pumped about uh, this new revamped version of After Dark with Mark. Uh, I've been missing you guys. And uh, today, as my first guest when we're coming back, uh, I've, I've decided to, to invite someone I've decided to invite someone which have been uh, in business for herself. Um, she's born in South America, studied most of the time in uh, United States, spent most of her life in the United States, and now she's living in Amsterdam. Uh, I want to welcome Rochelle Clark. Thank you so much for joining me into um, After Dark with Mark. Uh, Rochelle, you have been in business now for yourself. Um, what is the path? to go as an entrepreneur and as well, like being in two different countries, which we have a similar story in, in that matter. But like, wh what's the feeling to work for yourself in this time right now where that we are experiencing um, strange times? Yes, indeed, Mark, thank you so much for having me. Um, these are very, very different times that we're working through. And I think that as any entrepreneur, it's not exactly the environment that you would decide to jump right into in terms of starting your business. Um, but, you know, to be quite honest, one of the things, one of the discussions that, that I've had with other entrepreneurs as well is that, listen, this is not going to be forever. This will pass at some point in time. So a lot of us, um, even for myself, it's about going back to the reason why we started in the first place and using that as the, as the beacon, as the guiding light to see us through everything that's happening at the moment. So indeed, these are different times. These are tough times for some, um, very anxiety causing times for others as well. And it's something that we can't necessarily overlook, but I think that honestly, it's, it's, it's really about the mindset because it's very easy to, to sit and get consumed by everything that's going on around and, and, you know, and say, you know, this is a doom and gloom situation. But on the other hand, it's about going back to your beacon. Why did you start in the first place? Perhaps if you've been, been in business for quite some time for yourself, you have also reaped the benefits of it. So it's going back to those good feelings and calling on those when times get tough. Because, you know, if you can set your mind up to say, hey, this is also what, what, what is potentially coming up in the future, then that can help see you through. There's one thing that I really love what you said is going back to, to the reason why you got into business. And like the, one of the reasons why I decided to go with this podcast is because people think that you're going in business and, and uh, everything's going to change and I'm going to be, I'm going to be like successful right from the start, but there's, there's like some darkness sometimes when you are in business for yourself is you have to do it by yourself, for yourself, for your family and so on. So what was the original reason why you decided to get uh, in business for yourself? That's a really good question, Mark. I was, you know, doing that. I was in a corporate career, you know, that I also enjoyed. I was doing quite well. But it, it was a little bit of a, a family dilemma, so to speak. I ended up, I found myself a few years ago flying back home from a family funeral. And the situation was that the owner of one of the businesses in the family had passed away. His daughter, who was preparing to take over the business, wasn't yet ready to take over the business. So I found myself frantically on the airplane, putting together a business continuity plan for this business to help it basically stay on its feet. Because that On the way what, back. 
on the way back from the funeral, I was frantically putting this together um, because this was the means by which the family survived, you know? So this, this was, I think, a, a light bulb moment for me when I said, wow, there's so many other family-owned businesses and businesses that are so vulnerable. Perhaps this is something that, that, that they need, you know, continuity planning, and particularly for on, on the side of family-owned businesses, helping them to succeed from one generation to the next with succession planning. But you know, Mark, I had one of those um, situations where I sat back and said, ah, somebody else is taking care of it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes, somebody one of those. Is, huh? Somebody else is going to handle it. You know, I'll just go back to my corporate job and, and shove it under the table and, um, you know, ignore, ignore the little voice in my head that says I should do this. And, and for first quite some time, it was a nagging voice, let me tell you, that it, 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 but it just, and it just wouldn't go away. So I had to more or less sit myself down and say, okay, if this is what you're going to do, how are you going to do it? And from the moment that I made the decision, yes, this is what, I was, this is what I'm going to do, it was about putting the plans in place to, to ensure that, that the business lived up to the vision that I had in mind. Do you feel that it was a calling? In a sense, yes, because it was, you know, I think that everyone has a business idea of some sort, if not multiple business ideas, you know, through, through as they go about their lives, you know, whether they're standing in the shower or driving down the road, there's this idea. But most of those ideas go away after some point, right? And then you say, oh, okay, yeah, that was great. But, and then you move on to the next one. This particular idea for me was one that did not go away. <laughs> it did not go away. And this is why I, after some point had to heed the calling and say, okay, you know, how do I move forward with this? Because it's not going away. So you are, you are, you know, into this corporate world, you, you're having, you're doing well for yourself and you're climbing the ladder, which basically that's what we got taught in school, you know, go to school, get good grades, and then like climb the ladder and then you're going to get a good retirement and then you can start enjoying life. But you, you, so then like you are into the, in between those, those, those questions, just asking yourself, should, should I, should I make the jump? Because you cannot do this half and half. You can do, not do this half hard, you know, being in business for yourself, it's, you have to jump all in. So what, what is the thought process there that is happening to, to move from that very comfortable corporate environment where that you have a paycheck every single week? or every two weeks or every month, whatever, but you have money coming in. Uh, you don't have to think, oh, I've got to acquire new clients if I want to pay my bills and, and put food on my table. So what is the thought process happening like when you had that, that tipping point? Yeah, well, for me, like I said, it was, it was a calling that I almost could not ignore. So that was the one thing that was pushing me. Um, the next is, like you said, down to reality. And then I had to, to ask myself, you know, is this a risk that you can afford to take? But then I found myself almost saying, you know, if you don't take this risk, then you will always live your life with regrets, you know? So there was that portion that says, you know, now is the time. If, if this is this thing that's nagging, go for it. But with a dose of reality. And that dose of reality was, okay, how long are you going to give yourself to, to, to make this work? You know, do you have sufficient savings to, to see this through? So it was, it was quite a bit of a process to say, A, is this something that I can do? 
and B, it was the, doing the mental work of moving from employee to entrepreneur. How do you divorce yourself from this, this image that you have of yourself and that you've lived your whole life as to into something different? And initially there were thoughts of, you know, oh my God, you're such a fraud. Like you are not an <laughs> entrepreneur, <laughs> you know, what are you trying to do? But little by little, as time went on, right? It's about, you know, seeing myself in the role and of course working with clients when it really started to sit in. So, you know, I would tell anyone that it's not necessarily a switch from day to night, moving from employee to entrepreneur. Sometimes it's worth it to, to do the work and take the time to mentally divorce yourself from this strongly, this strong identity that may have set in over time. Um, and it's about divorcing yourself also from external expectations if those have an influence on you. So it's how do I tell this story to my family, my close friends, you know, who may not understand this calling that I have on the inside, who may not understand the story, who may not understand the vision that I have, right? And they're just and, saying things like, are you crazy? Exactly. What's, what's wrong with you? Like, you've got a great career and they, they're looking at you from the outside as like, you know, she's, she's losing her marbles right now. Exactly. Like she's just, everything's falling. You're like, what's happening? We should do an intervention. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So if, if I'm very honest, Mark, what I had to do is when I was at that point, because I say it's a very delicate point. You yourself don't really know. You don't necessarily, you may not necessarily have that confidence yet to launch into something by, you know, for yourself and by yourself. So you have to know the people who are around you, right? Who is around me and what is their potential reaction to this? If I find that it's someone who meaning well, maybe more on, on the path of discouraging me from this, then perhaps I, you know, almost sideline them a little bit until, you know, I'm along the path that, that I feel comfortable and confident enough to stand on my own and, and engage with them. You How know. many people do you believe that are exactly at that point right now? Because like, as, as we just mentioned, the, the world right now is in a very strange place where that like security and work right now is gone. Like everybody just realized, you know, it can be gone just like that. Yeah. So, and they always wanted to work for themselves, but right now they're finding themselves exactly at that tipping point where there's like, you know what, maybe it's time to start my own business. Maybe it's time to start working for myself. Maybe because like, I always thought I had the security with that job and now that security have been taken away from me. Yes, yes, indeed, indeed. So how many people are, are like right now in this stage, but have been into this stage probably for years already? Because for you, you said, okay, like it, it, was, it was an emotional impact that happened. Like, you know, the, the funeral of, of uh, close uh, family and family member and then all of a sudden like you were you wanted to help because somehow you, you had some expertise in that field and 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 then like that that voice was always there well maybe you should do it maybe you should go there maybe that, that's something that you should be exploring yes I think that many people are in the same situation like I said but but sometimes it's 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 quite a bit of fear right a lot of fear of the unknown so some may say, hey, you know, it's just easier for me to stick to the sure, sure thing 
Um, and like you said, lots of people are finding out that the sure thing is not necessarily so sure. Um, but at the same time, the there's a practicality to it, right? Some people just can't afford necessarily right now to take the risk because perhaps they have insurance that's tied to their employer. Perhaps they have you know, other expenses that they really can't take the risk of an unsure thing at the moment. So there is still that lens of practicality that, that needs to come in with, with any decision to move um, into entrepreneurship. I'm not saying it's going to be all roses and daisies as, as you know, Mark, but I think it's a decision that every individual needs to make for themselves to know when the time is right. Now, sometimes all, everything is not going to necessarily line up at the same time, right? And sometimes- Most likely not, actually. <laughs> right. So sometimes you just have to make the decision and make that jump. But what I'm saying is that if you have things that, that absolutely depend on your existing job, moving from your job into entrepreneurship without necessarily a backup or a way to fulfill that, let's say your health insurance, um, you have to, you have to, as an entrepreneur and just as a responsible adult, ensure that you have those things taken care of. So, so what you what you're referring to is more like doing a good assessment of everything which is in involved into making that shift, making that decision of going towards the type of life that you you want to live. Exactly right. Exactly right. Right. It, it's, it's, you know, it's a responsible thing to do as an adult and definitely as an entrepreneur. And you will need to pull on that um, for many, many more decisions. So <laughs> better start at the beginning making those. Now, you are in a very, very specific niche. Uh, when, when we discussed the first time and you told me that this is what I do, it's like, well, this is I never heard that before. Okay. And, uh, and it seems that because of as well the time the generation that we are in this is a big business because like uh, there's a lot of succession which uh, I think our parents the generation of our parents were the one which really started like to become entrepreneur and start their own business like you know mom and dad um, businesses so right now and and actually you you must be in a very funny era as well because you have like the millennials which they don't want to take like i don't want i don't want this business i don't want to do that you know i want to have all my time um so tell me a little bit about your 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 niche which is very interesting yeah so when i started out like as i mentioned the very first thing coming off of my own experience was yes family-owned businesses are vulnerable and i want to keep good businesses in business for generations to come so succession is key because that's an area where a lot of family-owned businesses fail. But the main thing for me was continuity. How do we ensure that there is continuity in this business? And if you remember my own personal story, the number one thing that I say for myself or for any other business owner is put a business continuity plan in place. You know, So from the very beginning, when I was setting my business up, I said, you know, we're going to be more than just succession. We'll be a business that's focused on continuity with the one part being about protection and then the second part being about passing the business. And that came from my own personal experience because the thinking behind it was, listen, so many entrepreneurs of whatever generation put so much energy into starting their own businesses and seeing these businesses grow. And the number one reason, and the thing that sets a lot of businesses back are unplanned shocks. And these shocks to the system include 
this is this was before the pandemic, right? So this is this, the, the, the speech, I think, before the pandemic for continuity. Uh, these shocks include the illness of, of the owner. You know, if the owner gets sick, you know, if, the, if there's a sudden or unexpected death of the owner, as was my case, um, you know, if somebody, a business partner or a key employee suddenly leaves the business, you're leaving that business completely vulnerable, you know? So the first thing that you do is put a continuity plan. Of course, now I have to add, oh, and if there's a global pandemic, <laughs> but, um, you know, we laugh now, but, but in all seriousness, it's more likely that someone can get sick in a way that impacts a business or, or there, there's some sort of disruption that impacts the business. So the number one thing, if you have people relying on your business, which means that if it's gone from hobby stage to actually, you know, something that someone relies on, if it's a hobby that you just do on the side, you don't need a continuity plan. Don't waste your money because if that goes away, you can probably still survive. However, if it's a business that, people rely on and these people I mean if you have a family that relies on the income of this business if you have employees that rely on the income of this business if you have creditors you know if you've taken a loan from the bank or if you have investors in the business that rely on the income of this business put a continuity plan in place for your peace of mind and theirs as well um, so you know in doing the work that I do this I say you know we protect businesses and we pass them to the next generation now, of course, given the current circumstances, this protection element is, you know, spotlighted a lot more because folks are recognizing the importance of continuity planning. So, so that's good. But my take is, listen, so much energy goes into building these businesses. Let's protect them and keep them in operation for as long as possible. So you decided to go to Amsterdam. And I mean, I, I love what you're saying right now because we cannot be more apropos than right now because like the entire world right now is, is thinking, okay, so what, what's next? Yeah. And, and as a business owner, let's say that you have a, um, a coffee shop which have been operating for 20 years. And now all of a sudden, like something happened like this where that it's, it's totally shot where that we need, we need to be extremely um, disruptive into the way we're thinking to actually like, you know what, we, we still can sell coffee right now, even though that we cannot have the shop open, but it, it, we need to start thinking outside the box. And, and actually we're gonna talk about this tomorrow because like we have another event tomorrow, you and I, yes. but like, is, is this part is, is included into the way that you approach a business especially with what's happening now? Absolutely, absolutely. It's about thinking, it, it's thinking about how do we keep this business running, right? So even in the continuity planning we do, it's how do we keep the operations running in case of, you know, how do we ensure that there are backup people in case of? And keeping the operations running, if you had a business continuity plan, might've been coming up with what a manual workaround might be for some key tasks or, in this case, a virtual workaround, you know, and in the session tomorrow, we'll go through, you know, what some of the red flags are for businesses that didn't have a continuity plan in place um, from the lens of, wow, how do I identify that business? But even more importantly, how do I ensure that I'm not one of those businesses? Mm -hmm. You know, but we're at a state right now where folks are, are, you know, almost trying to look to the future, right? How do we ensure that things keep working after this? And I'll give you the story because this was in the headlines just um, a few days ago, the case of Wimbledon, the world famous tennis tournament. 
Yes. Right. And you would have read the headlines that, you know, they're on track to to get an insurance payout of I think it was 141 million US dollars um, for, because they had pandemic coverage in their insurance. And, you know, some people are saying, oh, man, they were so lucky. It's not luck. My friend, no. it's not luck. It's panic. Well, it's, re it's really interesting what you're talking about that right now, because I know that there's a, a um, an investment company in the United States that had such uh, insurance, but they wanted to they wanted to make sure that they finished the quarter properly. So in September they canceled that insurance. Wow. Right, and and their their fund like plunged by like something like eighteen percent or something. I mean, and we're talking about like billions, right? Yeah. And and if he would have done that, if he would have kept his insurance policy that he had everything would have changed drastically. Wow. Actually, it would be like a superstar right now for wow. his investors. So it, it shows you that, uh, and I love like what you're bringing to the table because that is the entire mindset of having a plan, yes. which the plan most of the time is flawed. And this is one yeah. thing that I always say, you know, in, in, in my coaching and when we're working with people, it's just like, you need to have a plan. The plan is going to be flawed, so don't worry about it. But the plan needs to be there. Because if, like, you know, shit hits the fan, well, we're prepared. We know that we, we, we can sustain that and we have, like, the thing in place. So we're not finding ourselves with our pants down. And, you know, it, it's a good thing that, that, you, that you brought up. I mean, even with the Wimbledon story, they had a plan. They had a continuity plan in place, but they updated that plan after SARS to include pandemic coverage. So like you said... Plans are not going to be perfect, but people use experiences to update those plans. And, you know, if a company like Wimbledon, 17 years ago, they were paying an additional insurance premium of $2 million per year for this coverage, they recognized, hey, this is a risk to my business. I need to have protection. And they adjusted their plan to include that coverage. So I love what you're saying, touching on the fact that, hey, you know, things can change. And that's what a lot of business owners are finding themselves doing at the moment is, whoa, I didn't have a continuity plan. How do I put one in place? Or, whoa, I had one in place, but now that rubber hits the road, I see that it needed some updates. How do I update that? We need to adjust. So what do you see now uh, with, with all of this happening? Like, what do you see in terms of, of you in business and as well, talk to people that want to go into business or the one which already are in business and but like are not so sure about what, what's coming and what they should be doing, like to really start uh, having this this feeling, you know what, I'm 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 ready, I'm prepared. Like there's there's uh, there's hope, there's something coming. Yes, I mean what I would say is this, you know, the bad times are not going to last forever. You know, that's something that we sign up for as entrepreneurs, but even as employees, there are no guarantees in life. So you can take the chance on yourself or you can continue to be, you know, employed. And there's not a bad thing in being employed. Not, I'm not a person who's going to say, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, so bash everyone who's not. No, absolutely not. There are lots of reasons why people don't make the jump and very, very valid reasons. Um, but what I would say is, listen, if this is something that's been on your mind, um, sometimes you have to invest in yourself and have the courage in yourself to make that move. So if you have, if you've done your due diligence, then, you know, go forward with it. 
but with a dose of you know, elastic or quite a bit of flexibility. Because as an entrepreneur, what you might find is that your plans, just like you were saying, Mark, need to be, you need to have a goal, but a flexible way of getting to that goal. So lots of businesses at the moment are finding themselves pivoting. You know, we've had restaurants who never considered delivery, who all of a sudden to keep themselves in operation are switching and they're switching quickly. So have a goal, have a plan, but be flexible in how that's executed because times change as well and you need to be able to adapt. How many companies do you see that they really, and, and again, I think that this is one thing that I'm, I'm realizing, especially like with people who want to start a company is they get lost into the plan is they want the plan to be perfect before they start. And as I just mentioned, like your, your plan is going to be flawed because you don't have all the data in order to, to make that plan, like, you know, bulletproof. But it's, it's really, okay, so this is the goal that I have. I have a kind of a plan in place, but I love the, the fact that you're talking about, you know, flexibility and be elastic because the, the plan is going to change. And what I see with the people which are extremely successful is the one that can change the plan just like that because they have a new data, which basically just make their plan totally fall apart. And they have this ability to say, okay, let's, let's build a new plan. Let's do something different. So let's, let's change. Let's go 180 degrees because now that we have data that we didn't have prior. And um, what, what is your take on this? Like, what do you see with people which are like, getting lost into the business plan, especially if you coming from academics? where they're saying like, you need to have a business plan, you need to have the plan for five years and they're getting so wrapped up into that and they never start. Yeah, exactly right. Um, you know, sometimes you have to take a step back and know when, <laughs> there's this term that I heard, when you're majoring in the minor, you know, when you go to university, sometimes you have to select an area of specialization, which is called a major. And sometimes people add on a, a subject that they're just interested in. So let's say, you know, I want to major in finance, but I like Spanish, so I'll minor in Spanish. The focus of your education is not on Spanish. It's, not, it's on the finance, right? And that, that, that is what you're, you're going after. So just like in any business, what are you really focusing on? At the end of the day, your, your plan means absolutely nothing if you don't have sales coming in. So get out there and test it. You know, is this a good proposition? Does this work? and use that as the means to, to validate whether or not your idea is strong. I'm not saying don't put a business plan in place because practically as, a, as, as an entrepreneur or business owner, you need a business plan. For example, if you go to the bank to get a loan, they wanna see a business plan. So yes, you put one together, but use that as, as, as you know, an indicator of where you want to be and what you want to achieve. But don't hold so, so, so firmly to this plan and to getting this plan perfectly because once it's out there in the real, real world, being tested by real world experiences, then what you might find is that the plan is just like you said, 180 degrees from what you expected. All right, real world, we're experiencing right now, real world, meaning that like they're saying, no, you, you cannot go out anymore. You have to stay home and uh, you, cannot, you cannot go to, to, to the coffee shop where that you, you've been working. I mean, this is one of the things that I absolutely love to be an entrepreneur. It's like, I can work from anywhere and I can go to the coffee shop and, and have like some sales calls from there. I can, you know, do that. And that's, that was part of the liberty I have now. Well, this is not part of it. So what do you do? And, 
and that is an experience that you cannot have and you cannot have planned. And unless that you go and test it, and I love what you're saying, like, you know, do the plan because the bank wants to see it. But when you did show it to the bank, like take the plan, put it aside and then start, start making it like start testing the plan if it works. And if you, if it doesn't work, then like we need to adjust and adapt and, and make some changes and, and maybe write an entire new plan. Exactly right. Flexibility is key. Flexibility is key. The, the, the business owners who I find are suffering the most are the ones who are more or less sitting on their hands at the moment. Now, let's be realistic. Not every business is capable of, of pivoting necessarily, um, but people are coming up with creative ways to do it. So for example, let's, let's think about the, um, the barber or the hairdresser. I think in most countries, going to the barber or the hairdresser at the moment is not allowed, right? So a barber can sit down and say, okay, well, I can't work with clients, nothing for me to do. I'll just sit on my hands and, you know, listen to the news and, and get into that spiral of doom and gloom. But what you find is that some of them are pivoting and saying, no, 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 no. I'll direct you on how to cut your hair virtually. Huh, who would have thought, right? DJs who are putting on these, you know, dance parties virtually. So like I said, flexibility is key. Read the situation and adjust. Read the situation and adjust. Well, one, one of my mentor, uh, she's, she loves horses and uh, her goal right now is to become world champion uh, in, in like horse jump and she cannot practice. And the competition was in, supposed to be in August. So right now what she's been doing is she's been working virtually with her coach. So the coach is having cameras wow. on her chest and another one on the field while that's doing the course. And she's on her like wooden horse at home, watching the video, closing her eyes and just like following instruction because like the coach is giving like very, very, um detail instruction okay so you know you need to put your weight on on your your heel and you need like to to squeeze your uh, your calf on this like now the butt of the horse is a little too on the left so you need to bring so all those are details so she's virtually riding the horse and what she's saying is like i'm going to be a better a better rider i know that for a fact when all this is said and done because i'm not stopping doing my 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 work like i just found a new way and a different way of doing it i mean if you look at uh pilots which are like you know piloting um f21 you know like those those chaser planes uh -huh. well what what do they do they go into similar uh, simulator Simulators. and uh -huh. they they are doing it from there they're not for real in the air but when they go into it, they have that muscle memory, that sales of recognition in their mind because they've done it so many times in a virtual world. So we can do the very same thing. Um, just touch on a point about the barber, uh, like a friend of my wife, she's, she's, she has like a, a, one of the best barbershop in barbershop, the coiffeur uh, in, in LA. And uh, she has a lot of uh, superstar that goes to her, her her, her shop and what she's been doing is she's been packing doing some little packages of 
the air caller. So she took all the data from her clients and created some packages for the air caller because as a woman, you know, like me, I can be like all gray and all this. Uh, but as a woman, apparently it's not good and they don't like it. So she's packaging this and she's sending this to uh, her client. Amazing. Now the client is very happy like to, first of all, to pay for it and, and have instruction and have their kit, but she's creating kits and she's sending to, to the client. So the client feels, you know what? Like, you know, even though that we are into this situation, like she's still thinking about me. So that loyalty from the client to uh, the business owner is going to be there forever after that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there, there's one thing that, that, that I say, you know, you can't have a business that shut down for two or three months and then flip a switch and then all of a sudden things are back to the way they were before the shutdown. No, absolutely not. It's the little things that you're doing in this time that keep you top of mind for your customers and your consumers. Right. And it's those companies that are going the extra effort and doing the work, doing the extra. Well, it's not extra work. It's their survival. Yes. But it's those who are taking the time to do that, that will survive after after the fact, because they will be top of mind in the eyes and, and on the minds of the of the consumers at the end of the day. I love that. So what do you see is going to happen like in, in the next weeks? Well, what's, what's your what's your take on that? Well, the crystal ball, according to Rochelle, um, if anyone's asking, and, and you are at the moment, <laughs> I, I, I think that, you know, economies are going to start opening up um, slowly. Slowly. Um, it does not mean that every business will take off as quickly. Right. It will be a little bit of a phased approach, because remember, at the same time, you're talking about businesses that are closed, but you're also talking about lots of consumers who have lost jobs and a source of income. So I think you'll still see a slowdown in terms of the spending on discretionary things, you know, when it comes to definitely travel um, and, and the levels of spending are not going to be as high. So even as a business owner, if you are in one of those businesses that are in that may take a little bit of a time to 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 recover, there is work that you need to be done that needs to be done so that you're top of mind, because once you have lost that connection with your consumer then it takes some time to get back to it. And it's almost like starting a business from day one, right? Remember that grind, get back to it and start it now. So I, I I'm very hopeful about what's yeah. happening. As, as a matter of fact, uh, I believe that the moment that everything is opening up, um, I mean, I'm, I'm the very first thing I do as I go to my coffee shop and I'm getting a nice <laughs> cappuccino and a nice croissant, like which freshly made and all this. I mean, this, this is, I'm thinking about this all the time. Uh, so I'm, I'm having this, this very, I see this as an upside and I see this as well as a time where that we should, we should start. I mean, we had the time to really reflect and, and think about what is it really that I want? What, what do I want to put my time and effort and energy? Where do I want um, my life to go? So as this, this turns out, like really seeing the upside of what's coming, but if you are an em employee and you always wanted to go and work for yourself, what would be the advice that you would give them 
at this moment where that, you know, they, they're battling with this idea, like, should, should I start my own business? Should I start doing the things that I always wanted to do? But like, you know, I was scared. Yeah. So here's the thing. If you're an employee and for some reason, you know, you've been laid off or, or your time has been reduced, then there's no question asked. <laughs> right. Um, you know, use the time to, to try out an idea that you had. If you're an employee who, you know, still has a job and, and, and that's still a possibility, do the due diligence to figure out whether or not this is something that you can follow through on. Um, if it's an idea that you find, hey, it's, it actually could be in demand at the moment, then absolutely, you know, go for it. But perhaps maybe start on a smaller scale and, and work your way into it. If you are an employee who's thinking of uh, an idea that, that won't necessarily be in immediate demand, and I'm talking, perhaps you had the idea to start a, a tour company. Let's be very, very practical. If nobody, you know, if tourism continues to be down and it may be down for a little bit longer than some of the, 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 the more essential businesses, then perhaps it's worthwhile to, to sit and wait. So a part of, as a part of being an entrepreneur, it's doing your due, due diligence and knowing the space that you're in. So read the tea leaves. If this is something, hey, this is something that people actually absolutely need, go for it, you know, get out there and try. Um, we're doing quite a bit of work with entrepreneurs right now to help them get back on their feet. So just like I was saying, what is my strategy going to be? How do I re-engage um, clients and consumers? And this is a lot of work that we're doing with them to help them because, you know, con continuity is our thing. So how do we keep this business in business? Likewise, if you're an entrepreneur that's starting out, do your due diligence. Know the space that you're in. I, I think that's the biggest gift that you can give to yourself at the moment. But hey, if you're in a business that's taking off and that's in demand, go for it. Particularly if you, you know, you have had the, well, you know, if, if you're in a situation where your, your regular day job is, is no longer an option at the moment, then go for it. Wonderful. Rochelle Clark, thank you so much for this time. Uh, it's, been, it's been great. Uh, it's been good to see your, your point of view and as well, like uh, what, what you bring to the table. And if, you, if people want to, to get in touch with you, uh, you are located in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. And uh, are you working virtually internationally as well? We work virtually internationally, and that has always been our business model, which is why being located here in Amsterdam, it makes it easy to work with clients in Asia as well as those in the US. So we're absolutely virtual. Um, they can reach us on the website, www.successionstrength.com or send a quick email, info at successionstrength.com. Of course, we're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So find us. All of them. All of them. <laughs> so join the conversation. But yeah, very good conversations on LinkedIn and, and Twitter as well. So drop on in. That's wonderful. So looking forward to, uh, to continue talking with you. And uh, let's see what the future reserves. Absolutely, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. Wonderful. That was... After Dark with Mark, uh, I want to thank you for tuning in. And um, as you know, you know, we are on YouTube, so you can subscribe, like, comment, and share. Um, we appreciate your time, and we appreciate you to be with us. Okay? So until next time, bye.